Hello, I'm Pastor Isaac Hammond from Neely at 1755 Thomas Deplin, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70802. And we're so blessed to be in your presence today, to be able to reach you in whatever state you may be. And we want you to know to be encouraged, but God is still on the throne. And God loves you, and he's made a way for you today. And there's a word for us today that can encourage us in this Lent season as we move toward the cross of Calvary and celebrate the risen Savior. Although it was a dog Friday, it was a blessed Sunday. That Easter Sunday, when Jesus got up with all power in his hand, power to help you be overcomer, power to help you live the very best life possible. In John's Gospel, the 14th chapter, we see where Jesus, starting in John 13th chapter, is taking the very last night of his earthly ministry, the last night of his life here on earth. And he's explaining to his disciples what is to come and, and what would happen when he left this world. And in John 14, he actually preaches his own funeral. He preaches his own burial. He needed nobody else to preach it for him, but he wanted to make sure that we were left to be encouraged because nobody could do his own funeral like he could. And in John 14 chapter, the Bible tells us what he said about his death. And he spoke that 2,000 years ago. And today we still have the words vibrating through the world, going through the world, setting people free, helping people along the way. His words still stand today. For in John 14, he starts off his eulogy before he was dead and said, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. He started off with a plea. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. Oh, that's a word right there. Whatever you're going through, whatever situation has fallen on your life, let not your heart be troubled because Jesus was getting ready to carry to the cross all of our sin, all of our hurts, all of our shame, all of our burdens the very next day on the cross of Calvary. So he takes time out and tells us that his death was coming and to let not our hearts be troubled. He was trying to let the disciples know, you see me now, but in a little while you won't see me. And you're going to have to operate in faith. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. If you believe in God the Father, that he sent his only begotten son into this world, and whosoever believe in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, then you shall be saved. You shall be saved according to the word of God. Then he continues with his eulogy of his 
death. And he says in verse number two, in my father's house, there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may also be. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. So he's telling us in his eulogies, he's saying that he's gone for a little while, but I'm going to make you a promise that as I leave, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be with you. But I'm going to prepare a place for you. And I'm coming back again, and I'm going to receive you into myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. So right now he's going to prepare a place. In his father's house there are many mansions. In the Hebrew text it means rooms. He's going to add a room for you. And if I go, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to be there for us. If it were not true, he would have told us. So you have a place in heaven, a place prepared for prepared people over in glory, not made with man's hand. And nobody can put you out. Nobody can leave you out of the blessing. For God has a blessing for you with your name on it. And then after he makes this promise, he tells us that there's a process to go along with receiving the blessing. Everything comes with a process. Um, Nicodemus did not understand what Jesus was talking about in John third chapter. Nicodemus came by night because he was afraid of who would see him talking to Jesus. That's the same we are, way we are. We, we're afraid to let people know that we love Jesus and we're dependent on him and we want him in our life. But I heard Jesus said, if you deny me in front of man, I will deny you in front of my father in glory. And I don't want to get to the end date and have to be removed out the presence of God all because I was ashamed of knowing him. He gives us this process. He says, and whether I go, you know the way. Thomas didn't understand it. The disciple Thomas asked him and said, oh, we, not, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? And just like Nicodemus, Nicodemus didn't understand that we have to be born again. When Adam sinned in the garden, he cursed the rest of mankind because we were born in sin and shaped in iniquity because we all carry the sin nature from Adam of not being obedient to God. So Jesus came along, the second Adam, the Bible says, and says, by faith, because I've lived a righteous life. If you just believe in me, righteousness means to be in right standing with God. Believe in me and take me and partake of me in the Lord's Supper. And when God, my Father, sees you, he will no longer see you in your sin, but he will see me and my sacrifice and passion on the cross. That's why we take communion. We are taking in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and drinking of his blood. And the Bible says that God no longer sees us. He substitutes us 
for his son Jesus Christ. And now we can come boldly to the throne of grace. And whatever you need, you can come to God now. But there is a process. And Jesus tells Thomas, because Thomas had some confusion about knowing the way. Jesus said to him, I am the way in that sixth verse, the truth and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Oh, Adam had a relationship with the Father that God the Father would come down in the cool of the day and fellowship with Adam. The Bible tells us in First and Second Genesis that we don't know how long that fellowship lasted where Adam was in good standing with God. All we know, he named all the animals and he named those things here on the world. And God said, whatever you call them, that shall they be. There was a father and son relationship in that garden. A love. Adam was naked and did not even know that he was naked in the presence of God. Had all kind of power and anointing. Living his best life. But sin came in and broke it. And no way to the Father again, but only by Jesus Christ. Jesus risked that gap for us to get back to the Father because sin had broken our relationship. So Jesus says, I am the way. The way means the path of the process. He's the only way. You have to know him and have a relationship with him in order to receive salvation. Not only is he the way, but he's the truth. The Bible is the truth. The, the Bible says, let all men be alive, but cling to the words of God. Man will lie to you, tell you what you want to hear, but God will tell you the truth. And then he says, not only am I the way and the truth, I am the life. If you want life, you have to go back to the one who gave you life in the beginning. He can put you back together again. Sickness can destroy you, but God can put you back together again. Depression, life, divorce, and trouble, and relationships can all fall by the wayside. But when you come back to Jesus, Jesus can put you back together all over again. For there is a process to salvation. And you have to come back to Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. And Jesus says, no way to the Father except to the Son. There is no other way to eternal life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. If you want everlasting life, Jesus is the answer. If you want truth and deliver truthful life and successful life, Jesus is the answer. If you want a way prepared for you that can bring you back to a relationship with your Father in heaven and lead you to an everlasting place called glory, Jesus is the way. So he starts off with his sermon for a plea by letting not your heart be troubled. Then he makes promises by saying, I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am, you shall be with me one day also. Then he tells us about the process of getting to that place by letting him be the way, the truth, and the life of your life. But when you look at verse 15 of his eulogy, he says, now, 
If you do all these things, everything you ask in my name, I shall give it to you. He gives a word of provision. So he starts off with a plea. He makes a promise. He tells you about the process and procedure of having everlasting life. Then he tells us that we have provisions because whatever you ask in his name, as long as you live for him, the father will not deny you and he will give you provisions. That's what you call love. Whatever you're going through today, I'm here today to tell you that God can make a difference right now. Don't let life stay the same. Come closer to him. Let Jesus be the author and the finisher of your life. He's worthy, for he died for you. But early that Sunday morning, early that Easter Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hand. Power to put a smile on your face. Power to set you free from your addiction. Power to heal your body. Power to let you be all that he's called you to be. Don't let nothing hinder you. You can learn a lot from a dying man, especially when he preaches his own eulogy. Jesus was preaching, and he said, Let not your heart be troubled. Not his, but let not your heart be troubled. I'm going to say a prayer today if you believe by faith and want to give your life to Christ. I offer Christ to you today. All Jesus says is that you repent of your sins, meaning to turn 180 degrees from the way you're going and follow him. If you want to, repeat this prayer to me. Heavenly Father, I come now. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I repent of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me and create in me a clean heart. I believe he gave the Lord's Supper, went to the cross of Calvary the next day, but early that Sunday morning, got up with all power in his hand. I believe that one day he's coming back again for his church and his bride. Let me be part of the holy family of God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. We love you. We're praying for you. Keep a smile on your face, for that smile may be blessing somebody along the way. Be blessed.